At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 welcome to season two episode 30 of comic book nation the official podcast of comicbook.com i'm your host kofi outlaw and with me today is my co-host matthew aguilar what up and back with us mr wrestling expert himself connor casey what's going on and from the trenches of keeping this whole operation afloat during a uh, coronavirus uh <laughs> producer jim viscardi is back with us Hello. And if you can't tell, we've assembled our wrestling crew here on Comic Book Nation because coronavirus ain't stopping WWE as we've detailed in our okay. crazy WrestleMania coverage. And WWE rolls on with a new event, the uh, 2020 Money in the Bank. And this is, has me kind of tripped out this time because I feel like we've been doing this show long enough that I had you guys here for like the 2019. Yeah. 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 And I feel like that's where I started really getting deep into like listening to you guys at least describe all this. And I was like, wait, and I was like tripped out. I was like, wait, is there like two a year? I had to like look it up. I was like, no, <laughs> it's been a full year since we talked about the last one. So time is a flat circle. Kofi. Yeah. We were in a very different, we were all talking about, we were in the darkest timeline last year when this was going on. <laughs> Little did we know. So, Little did we know. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are again money in the bank wwe a very different year very different wwe uh we also have some things happening on that front so it's time for another wwe <clears throat> rundown which has become a favorite of the show but before we get to wrestling we also have a bunch of comic booky stuff to talk about uh marvel there are rumors in the air that kind of one of the fan favorite marvel series could be getting an adaptation soon for the mcu we got some good news on the front of a Marvel television series that found in a hint that Falcon and the Winter Soldier maybe be back on track and getting getting back into production. We've also got apparently while I was gone securing meat for my family, uh, we were also dropped that we're getting a National Treasure and Disney Plus series. So there's a lot of beef within these walls of comic book to settle on that front. So we'll talk about that. Plus, uh, if we have time, I guess now that's got to be bumped back. But uh, yeah, Nick Cage is going to be the Tiger King. So that's a small matter we also must discuss. And if that wasn't enough, I'm going to try to help everybody straighten out what the hell just happened with Rick and Morty. So we're going to talk <laughs> about that, too. So got a lot to get to. Let's get to it. Starting right at the top. Like I said, we have some Marvel news. You know, it's kind of hard because right now everything like Marvel's production on TV and movies has been shut down, like everything else in the entertainment industry because of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but that hasn't stopped, you know, the fun time of rumors and speculation or just talk of things that are being tossed around or in development from kind of circulating. And out of the rumor mill, we got this latest kind of talking point that there's going to be a se that Secret Warriors is going to be happening and kind of is in development behind the scenes over at Marvel Studios. 
And the caveat is, I don't think we've, it's said specifically how it's going to take shape, Mm -hmm. whether this would be like a Disney plus series, an event film or whatever it would be an event series, but that secret warriors is basically being kicked around behind the scenes and could kind of come to fruition within the Marvel cinematic universe. And this is something that, you know, we've talked about, I've kind of put it out there that I really liked secret warriors, especially during like the dark rain storyline and Nick Fury's kind of, Team, and if you don't know what this is, like it was a covert team led by that kind of Nick Fury assembled in secret that had Quake, as you know from Agents of Shield, plus Daisy Johnson, plus a bunch of other kind of I forget if the hook was that they were like sons and daughters of people who yeah they were kids of people who had powers right so there was um it was runaways really there was like the son of of druid yeah it was like villains was was there um absorbing man's kid uh was was a part of the team and it's just i mean the timing of this is interesting right because secret warriors came out during uh they made their debut during secret invasion and that's been the big talk like you know captain marvel 2 is is probably going to deal with secret invasion in some sort we're probably going to get a secret invasion tv show of some sort um and so naturally this one is you know this is kind of thrown into the mix um as something that uh would would happen it's they've made such a big deal about the secret warriors in the past that it feels weird to potentially go down this road again so soon well i mean that's what i was going to say agents of shield kind of pulled this card like i remember in season three i believe where they were basically kind of operating as like fury or a colson secret warrior team yep that's when kate kind of daisy johnson and the whole sky thing dropped and we got a proper quake yeah you know yo 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 and lincoln and you had these kind of uh, metahuman or not mess DC, but you had these kind of enhanced, <laughs> the enhanced, um, kind of doing their thing and like dealing with that whole storyline. Uh, but I mean, uh, you know, agents of shield, Adam Barnhart isn't here. I don't want to make him mad, but like agents of shield occupies that weird <laughs> or gray area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and I love that show, but it occupies a weird gray area where if Marvel studios wants to reuse secret wars, or Secret Warriors, Kevin Feige is reusing Secret Warriors. Right. <sighs> well, and that's kind of my thing. That's why I don't feel like it's going that route. I mm-hmm. feel like the natural way for this to go is to go where they've adopted the name since then, which is in the Marvel Rising series, because they've already got parts of those characters in play, whether it's in the MCU or Miss Marvel's part of the team. We know that's coming to Disney+. Plus. This That interpretation suits a Disney Plus series very well. I do, I do not want a Marvel Rising team as the secret. I'm saying don't if you're you, looking for that, no. Here's the thing. <laughs> well, no, girl no, it's dreams. fine. You're gonna get a lot of gems. Okay, I understand that. Like some people just hold Secret Warriors to like. This. Well, that's what I was kind of. Not a gem to me. Like Jim I jump gun me into rolling it because I was trying to go through slowly and point out yeah. there's been several iter- like everything in Marvel. Yeah. There's been several iterations of this team. The one that we started with Nick Fury's kind of thing has been kind of, uh, you know, bastardized by Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and their version of it. But there was this whole other Marvel Rising thing, which, you know, is a much more quirky version, like with like Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel and all that stuff. So, And it's more recent 
yeah. and also more popular than I'm sorry, Jim, the nope. original Secret Warrior series. Look, which, the, by the way, was rebooted, and then no one still cared when it the came back. Original Secret hey, Warrior series. Out. No, I like the original. original Secret Warrior series oh. is where we got the surprise that Hydra was controlling Shield. Yes, that's great. And then what? But in the MCU. Yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all of that stuff is, like Kofi said, such a weird gray area niche thing that, honestly, if they're going to adapt this and roll with the series, I don't think they want to get into that mess. I don't know. I don't think they want to do that. They would rather just... I, and also, we've heard I'm rumors still of the MCU of- wanting Power Pack and these age, all ages type of content. <laughs> and Disney Plus is going... Like, Disney Plus has a Miss Marvel series in production. Why wouldn't uh, you just loop this I in? I am still of the belief that they are going to find some way to retcon that entire show. Oh, the Shield? Shield. Oh, They're going boy. to end that show, and it's going to be the entire thing was Tahiti. And it was in Colson's ah, head. Well, now the really? grenades, now the and, grenades on the floor, the and none of it out. <laughs> none of it has out. happened, and they're gonna just erase that entire thing. They'll find a way to bring Colson well, back. I mean, there and is then they'll time. bring the okay. Secret Warriors back in a way that they should. It should have been that this show needs to be an espionage kind of show, not a wacky, zany, colorful, whatever the hell Marvel Rising is. I think both can exist, by the way. But I, as and far I think as both, and to settle this, I think both will be. If we've learned anything about the MCU, they'll pick the best of both worlds and throw them together. Um, so it will be an espionage show about a quirky team of espionage heroes, <laughs> like Squirrel Girl, who can actually somehow pull off great espionage stuff using squirrels. So, you know, I mean, there's room for that to exist. Secret Avengers, is, man. In secret, <laughs> I mean, stop. And Jim's not necessarily wrong. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is playing with a time travel storyline sure. for its final season with like changing the past and setting a new future. Mm-hmm. So, or they all get stuck and only Coulson makes it back. Okay. But, but or do you just, really see them doing that big? No, of but, a retcon? I mean, this is the Marvel multiverse yes. now. It's, a, it's not a retcon anymore. It's like a Marvel. We, they Avengers Endgame kind of screwed them out of that because it's not a change. It's, it's a new it's timeline. A, it's a new timeline. So now everything that happened to Coulson and them line. will exist in some, asterisk timeline of the MCU <laughs> that makes everybody happy. It's still official, but just That's this true. That's They're going to Dragon Ball this whole thing. I don't know if they'll I don't know if and they then have Coulson Black, which they've also that. already done. Coulson Black showed up, evil Coulson, like, yeah. <laughs> We've already gone down this path, but it wasn't his body. It, was it like, would be a great move. Up. I'm not going to lie. Like, if they, if they pull it off, like, I would change my look at that because I, mean, I don't I think view Jim's, it as that. I think Jim's right. I think they've been trying to figure out how to get out of this box and this is the way yep. I mean they're like okay we changed the past we did some stuff now there's this then then we'll find out like their timeline is like the real the one they make is the real MCU and blah 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 something I don't know but that's not my job I'm not doing their job for them. <laughs> uh, there's a way out of this to kind of reset it and, and keep Secret Warriors fresh and I think they should amalgamate both concepts because there's fans of both and the espionage and Fury's kind of secret team thing, the thing that I always loved about that was kind of like the underlying messed upness of like Nick Fury, like master manipulator, like taking these kids and building them <laughs> into like basically child soldiers of yeah. like a fighting force. Yeah, so him essentially yeah. being Xavier. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of like Nick Fury's X-Force, but like not 
Yeah, that's more to me the secret Avengers, but like the, the and not uh, as bad because Xavier is a terrible person and like manipulated <laughs> people's minds. Okay, you've gone <laughs> off on Mar- I don't know what is going on what? with you in isolation. You freaked out on Xavier. You freaked out on Hawkeye. You're freaking out on like secret. I didn't freak out on Hawkeye. I was wow. You were, you were talking smack about Hawkeye. I freaked out on. I talked. Well, I we're gonna I cut out a clip of that. I'm not gonna argue about Hawkeye in front of Jim. I will say, Mister Fantastic. And Xavier, yeah, oh, yeah. the two people I went off oh, on. Oh, I forgot Reed Richards. Oh, yeah. horrible yeah. people. Well, <laughs> well Reed Richards, well, thank you. guy, Xavier. And like, throw man. Beast in there, too, because he's terrible, too. Wow. Okay. Anyway, so, so, it's the Marvel right Universe. The Marvel Universe is full no, of terrible people. Just moving terrible. right along, they're flawed characters, Matt. That's why it's not <laughs> They DC. have God complexes, and they're terrible. That's yeah. DC. Okay, <laughs> no. so moving over to the side you may like. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So this production has been shut down. It was, I mean, they were in the thick of it, shooting all these big action sequences and stuff in and around San Francisco. Then they were going to Eastern Europe. Then the coronavirus kind of swept across the world and we had to lock down that production like so many others. But Eastern Europe is kind of getting back to implementing protocols for reopening productions. The Czech Republic specifically, uh, the city of Prague in the Czech Republic where Falcon and Winter Soldier was kind of sitting. So... This is kind of the first open door to Marvel being able to get back up and, you know, get back up and shut and uh, kind of resume production on this. And my question is, do you think that Falcon and Winter Soldier, I don't, because I don't know the ins and outs of where they were in production. Do you I think, think they only possibly, had about like two weeks left. Yeah, it was, they were filming. It seemed like they were, I mean, if I, from what I know and experience in productions, like it seemed like they were getting kind of like the last big stuff out of the way. Yep. Some of the bigger sequences and things like that to do. Um, all these chase sequences and explosions and fights. Uh, so I could see them having the bulk of the series kind of in the can and having to do these last big things they had scheduled. Do you think they can get this all together and on the screen on Disney Plus in time for, if not right in like August when they were teasing, then like early fall, September? I would have to imagine that they have started to do work on the early episodes, right? Like that maybe they're going to have to forego any reshoots they may need to do on that front. Or if they would, they would do it in Pinewood in Atlanta, which, you know, I mean, that state is open, so maybe they'll go there. It'll be, I I can't imagine they're, they're going to, like even with the Czech Republic being open, that they're going to say, all right, cast and crew, let's all get on an airplane and fly to the Czech Republic. Like that's, I don't think that's happening. It, yeah, it really no, just depends so. on where they were. You know, I, I, from what I understood, I thought they were like almost done with, like they were just doing post. I, that's what I understood. Like they were really doing more post-production stuff and not actual, like we have to shoot sequences and stuff. So like if it was post and like that kind of thing and maybe like a scene or something, I would say like, yeah, it's way more probable. If it's actually like having to shoot chase sequences and things, I would still doubt that, you know, I, I still think somehow they might be able to hit that like fall timeline that you were talking about. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if they could pick up right where they left off even now, even with well, the I relaxed mean, stuff. There's a double-edged sword to this because, yeah, getting the whole cast and crew out there is a problem. I mean, you can stagger the flights. You can do all that. Yeah. But right now... And, and getting in the country and staying there is, is not easy. Like, let's just be clear. Mm-hmm. You've got to get to the border. They've got to test you. They're going to do a Roto-Rooter style test on you to make sure you're okay just to let you in. Then in three days, they show back up to be like test number two. Yeah. <laughs> and you've got to stay kind of quarantined until the test result comes back negative. And that's to avoid a mandatory two-week quarantine. 
Yep. So there's a lot of ways that this can go downhill once you even get there and they're just trying to do this. But on the other hand, you got to figure that like the timing is you got to strike while the iron's hot because you got to figure like right now while things are still slowly opening up is like a prime time to actually get out in the streets and like film stuff. True. As opposed to when everybody it's like full on and everybody's just like outside and we and we start working on that wave too because everybody runs out together because everybody's kind of hyped yeah um so i don't True. know i mean it's not my problem i just got to report on whatever but you don't want to get like, stuck yeah. there either and yeah. like all get in hey we're here and then you get everything done and then you're like oh i can't get back home now for like two months <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> like, you get that yeah. tom hanks yeah right like you get a guy in and get out it has to be a very Secret yeah, I mean, and this is kind of like, the, I mean, we're just starting this discussion, but this is the real kind of consideration for film and TV making yeah. for the foreseeable future. Just getting into these countries, getting this done, getting out again, and keeping this all on any kind of schedule. Well, that's without, what I feel like. And I feel like, like, well, let me just finish. Like, without, I mean, on a normal day, getting a film or TV production together is a small miracle of, of moving parts. True. And like, <laughs> yep. without the added X factor of all these coronavirus things that could go wrong and, and just completely shut you down for mandatory two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's going to be, it's going to be wild. Yeah. Well, I think also too, like you got to imagine that there's probably going to be like a bump in insurance and will there be insurance that covers, you know, COVID related uh, oh, don't get down into the liabilities. But that's what I mean, right? Uh, so, like, like, there's gonna be there's gonna be that liability thing, and so you just gotta see like who is going to be the first one willing to to make that jump. And well, I mean, it's a rabbit hole because I mean, I think this stuff is still being figured out because like it's like yeah, liability is a huge question. We don't punish people for people getting the flu at the restaurant. Is that supposed to apply to COVID? Is that not like is that different? Yeah. Like. We're still in the midst of all this. This is going to be such a crazy cluster of societal and international kind of things to try to navigate. So, I don't know. I, I just want to see the Falcon and Winter Soldier like in the fall. That's that's like where I'm coming from. <laughs> Bring so, it back. Uh, if, they, if you give me the last half, it just switches to like uh, like one of those fan things with a bunch of toys and stuff. Like, I'll take that as a final fight. Why not? Like, uh, it's 2020. I'll take what I can get, you know. <laughs> All right. So we'll keep you updated on what's going on with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Marvel Secret Warriors. Jumping over, uh, Matt put it in the show notes, but he did not do a, provide a link. So he did half a job. Uh, we're getting wow. a National Treasure <laughs> TV series for Disney+. Plus. <laughs> oh, and you didn't even put in the added gem that even though we're getting this Disney Plus National Treasure TV series, we're also still having National Treasure 3 in development with the original cast. This is a great day for America. <laughs> so, uh, I can't tell. Is that sarcastic? Or no, no. I mean, I love... Have you not been... Okay, so just context. This is a good time to stop and do one of these like real-life anecdotes. In the comic book offices back in that time when they still existed, like... <laughs> There were many fights that were had around the campfire <laughs> yeah. of our computer screens. Very true. You know, if there was Chick-fil-A versus Wendy. Uh, but also one of the big ones was about national treasure. And, you know, what makes it like a classic movie? Brandon Davis has some pretty wild out there ideas about like chicken run and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> but it has like, but there was a lot of love for national treasure. Uh, Unexpected amount of love for national treasure in the office. And I think that was the great unifier. 
Yeah, but it, that was the thing we all could come together about that, you know, we needed, you know, that should have been prioritized was National Treasure 3. With all these other kind of long delay, you know, awaited sequels and whatnot, we needed National Treasure 3. Now we're getting it, and we're getting a Disney Plus series. So I am not being sarcastic, Matthew. I am very happy about that. Because... Matthew. <laughs> and this came from Jerry Brookheimer, right? So super producer yeah. Jerry Brookheimer. So um, do we, the one for Disney Plus, he says, is a younger cast, same concept, but a young cast. And the theatrical one is the old school kind of adults. Nick Cage, Diane Kruger, and I forget everybody else who's in it. Uh, but anyway, so National Treasure, you know, I'm kind of really happy about that. That's, that's, I mean, that's a good time because we, I love those. National Treasure, National Treasure is weirdly one of the only movies to really kind of nail that Indiana Jones. Yes! I was just going to say like, that. And kind so of, true. And even though it's some weird, like, knockoff 2000s Indiana Jones. Well, it's, it's weird. Because it's, it's, it's like a lot of fun. It's like They're Indiana so Jones meets the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, and I learned yeah. a lot. You learn a lot about American history watching National Treasure, oddly enough. Also, it gave us that amazing Andy Sandberg, Nicolas Cage impression where he's always talking about the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> it's it worth it just for that. Uh, no, I agree, though. Like, better than the Indiana Jones series has done itself. It captures that fun adventure vibe of just, like, you know, yeah, hunting down the clues. And, yeah, yeah, it's so fun. And, like, there's some really great talent in those. Like, comedically, I feel like they're very underrated. Like, they're funny. Like, genuinely yeah. funny. Kind of like the Mummy movies used to be. Like, that same style of humor. And just like hitting that right snarky bit at the at the right moment, they're great. So yeah, I'm thrilled. I'm not so like pumped about the series because it doesn't have those people. It still could be great, and I'm all for like booting that for a new generation and stuff. But, yeah, I feel like the series needs to have Nicolas Cage for people to get excited about it. Just Nicolas Cage and a bunch of kids. <laughs> like he's, he would, you know, he would do it. He, I mean, the dude will take the money. That's not creepy. It would be just, it'd be awkward. It would not be creepy. That's not where I was going with that. Like <laughs> Everything with Nick Cage is I didn't awkward. Say it. I didn't say anything. You just saw my expression. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, no, I agree, though. I, I feel like Nick Cage needs to be involved in some way. Then I would. Exactly. You're describing me. I would be excited if Cage was some kind of mentor or like, you know, oh, my God, like teaching a school of adventures. Like that would be <laughs> crazy and weird. And like, you can just get all those over the top Nicolas Cage moments that like every one of his movies has and they're glorious and they're amazing. Yes. I'm all for that. And that's kind of just what I wanted to see is Nick Cage, like losing it on kids, like getting frustrated as a teacher with kids and him having like wild Nick Cage moments with like little kids. We don't really care. Cause we don't even about kids, kids face with like, so over the top of dramatic. How dare you? Yeah. But that's the great thing about kids. Like, you think my kids are scared of me freaking out? No. People in the office are scared of me freaking out, but my kids just look at me and are like, what? what, like, what? And I'm just mm-hmm. like, and I'm just like, well, that's ineffective, I guess. Like, and Nick Cage would have a similar experience. It'd be great to watch. Dude, that so, face-off face. Yeah. Oh. Face. <laughs> yeah, that face-off. He <laughs> took his face off. So, yeah, we got time. I guess we're going to roll through. So, and just mention, in addition to this, if that wasn't enough, Nick Cage in our docket... Nick Cage is going to be playing Joe Exotic uh, from Tiger King and basically in a new scripted TV series. And it's an eight-episode limited series, and it's going to be ba- based on that the That is original. separate from the one that, like, um, Kate McKinnon is in, right? Yeah. Kate McKinnon yeah. is doing. This is, this is they a need different. to join forces. Uh, yeah, and so, like, basically it's based on the um, Texas Monthly article 
that kind of really broke into Joe Exotica and like what he was all about. And um, yeah, this is going to be, oh God. It's going to be, thing. I'll read it. The series will tell the tale of Joel Shrive Vogel, Shrive Vogel, AKA Joe Exotic. The series follows Joe during his attempts to keep a struggling zoo under increased scrutiny and attempts by outside forces to shut him down. The series intends to examine how Shrive Vogel and now legally named Joseph Allen Maldana, Maldonado Passage became the notorious Joe Exotic. That's so it's a, a Joe name. Exotic origin story, That's essentially, with Nick Cage, <laughs> which is going to be beyond interesting. To like, say it, it's going to be, whether it's good or not, has no bearing in this discussion. No. It's going to be amazing. We, like, ha- it's gonna- <laughs> we have to see it. Like, yes. <laughs> we have to see it. There is no debate uh, about that. Like, as yeah. soon as they told me that, I was like, well... I got to see it. It's just crazy because did anybody actually like nominate Nick Cage when we were all going Tiger King casting crazy like a couple weeks ago? I feel like it was too obvious. Yeah. Which is why no one picked us. Yeah, I think so. I think because I know a couple of names made, but I don't think Cage did. And now thanks to Jim, because I wrote that deep fake story, I can't get his face <laughs> out of my mind every time I see a Tiger King trailer. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. Now it's like I've already seen. I have to see the whole thing. I have to see it. Oh my god, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, that's gonna be wild. Isn't um, there a movie too in development um, based yeah, on this? There's, there, I feel like there is, and a comic. Uh, like, good lord. So this is a CBS series, all access. Yeah, CBS all access series. So I mean, you know, it's gonna be excellent. So there's not <laughs> one to watch. That's the only one we really got to worry about. If CBS all access is, we don't need uh, to talk about that other one, the other show that won't be named garbage. Yeah, no. no. We don't know any other ones. But this one's, gonna be, this one's going to be worth checking out, and now's a good time to get in CBS All Access. So, check that out. All right. It's Twilight Zone Season 2 coming your way. Discovery Season 3 also coming your way. So, moving right along, we're going to get into our deep dive section when we get back next. We're going to talk about a little bit of Rick and Morty plus some WWE money in the bank. So, stay tuned for all of that. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right. So, okay, let's, let's try to f- unpack this Rick and Morty thing. So Rick and Morty came back this week, finally, uh, for season four B essentially the second half of season four. And it, you, you know, it, it's 2020. And I feel like if I had had more time to indulge in this, I, there would have been like a louder WTF for me, but like <laughs> it is 2020 and there's so much going on that this barely like, registered on my radar as as a major frustration but 
basically this episode came back and one of the things that Rick and Morty fans, of course, love the most are anthology episodes every season, which have taken the form of things like interdimensional cable, which is Mm -hmm. when they basically show different show concepts from across the multiverse. And it's just increasingly absurd types of shows that they create that are just really wacky and out there. Uh, Then we had one in season three called Morty's Mind Breakers, which was a kind of clip show, a take on a clip show where Rick has been wiping their memories for, for years on end and basically stores all the memories he wipes in this room and they're color coded for different kinds of things. It's like things that he embarrassed, things he doesn't like where he embarrassed himself is like one color and then things he did to other people are like one color. So there was that. And so this was supposed to be the next kind of anthology show and people were excited and do this. Now, what we got is this episode that took the meta concept and, and I mean, just... Like, I can't curse on this app, and but Ricky Morty makes me want to curse. But like, I mean, it just mind screwed the meta concept, like to like beyond the brink, to this idea that they were on this story train, basically, that is taking them there, and they're getting in this fight with this guy named Story Lord, and that's the basic premise. But they keep crashing in and out of these different kind of realities or premises for the show's canon, and. It's basically was like a, it, the point of it, okay, so let's just get into what this all is. So we saw all these different visions of things, and some of them were very significant. I mean, some of them are like really big pickups on the, some of the series, kind of serialized storytelling, like we see the return of a yeah. bird person or phoenix person for the first time uh, since season two, mm-hmm. uh, or the season three premiere, rather. Uh, we saw like, this whole kind of almost return of the Jedi sequence with Tammy, who was bird persons and was a secret agent that kind of like had a big twist in, in the end of season two, we saw evil Morty in this seeming final battle between Rick and Morty and evil Morty and evil Morty's army with all the me seeks and the Gazorpazorps and like all these other characters from the show. And none of it really mattered because there were these visions that they just kept crashing and kind of joking that none of this was Canon and everything. And so basically it confused a lot of fans because they don't, I mean, there is no like real clear cut explanation for all this. I mean, the episode just starts and throws you in the middle. You're on the train and you're meeting these characters, you know, and like for the first five minutes, you don't even know where Ricky Morty is. And then they're just suddenly in disguise. There's no explanation of how they got there or like what's happening. And so you just kind of go this episode. I had to watch it twice just to get my head like around wow. what it would take for me to just watch a normal TV episode. And then I just kind of sit back and think about it and was like, so what is this all about? So here's just my take and film school breakdown about what is this all about. So basically this episode felt like kind of a half middle finger to, in, in a lot of ways I feel like Rick and Morty's going through this growing pain right now, like we've spoke about it often, where there was this big gap between season three and season four where Rick and Morty became like an official mainstream hit, like a thing. And I feel like Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon have had trouble adjusting to that reality and then there's been numerous things in season four, which are basically kind of commentary on the show trying to buck its own identity as being a thing now and having all these kind of expectations thrust upon it and stuff. And so this episode basically kind of used this metaphor of like fandom and fan theory and speculation and all this stuff that, you know, some people have been writing about since season three came out. <laughs> Come and, 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 and kind of just 
playing with this whole idea of that this all important, which Rick and Morty does best, take these all important sacred cows to people and, and really just turn them on their head or just make fun of them and kind of mock them. And so this is what this was all about. It was basically, it was like a laundry list of, you look at all the visions of things that people have written about or theorized or said this is the big event of the series and it's building up to and the purpose that it's kind of thing. And it basically said, let's just burn through all of these in one kind of episode and free ourselves of all this. And that's kind of what happens in the episode. In the end, you're kind of stuck in this loop of, of kind of story points that they can't get out of until Rick just gets down and starts having this literal come to Jesus moment where he prays for Jesus. And then everybody's like, wait, no, no, this is like nothing that would ever happen in Rick and Morty. And he's like, kind of like exactly. And that's how they kind of get out of this thing is through calling on Jesus and getting really religious and kind of like breaking the show. What? Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah. And like Jesus is a character. He comes down and he gets trapped. He's in the ripped. Train. Yeah. He's ripped. There's a whole thing about him being ripped. It's like a whole but the point is, like, they do this thing that would make, turn people off and make, like, everybody just be, like, a metaphor for, like, how they could just really turn the show into something that would, like, turn people off and get preachy and do all that stuff. Um, and, and it's just this whole metaphor for, like, like I said, for fan expectations and speculation and, and the weighing of importance on kind of narrative. And I, and I get it because, you know, you look at something like Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, right? And that's kind of you can see something that like what Rick and Morty is rebelling against is something like that. Right. Which was yeah. this hodgepodge of like, let's please fans based on their own theories and things and fan, you know, wish list writings. And you end up with this weird Frankenstein monster that doesn't make sense and yeah. like has all these continuity errors and stuff like that. And this was just kind of way of just saying, shut up and enjoy the ride dum dums. And like, let's stop trying to, you know, put it on. But I don't know about the execution because a lot of people just watch that because you did it at a time when, like, I could get it if it was a second episode when you came back and you did that. But, like, fan expectation was so high and so excited. And I'm sure this seemed like a good idea back then, you know, when they planned out this season. But in the time of coronavirus where everybody's been, like, on lockdown and we're just happy to have Rick and Morty back, it's just kind of so, wrong. I so think. that's kind of my question, though, because I saw something and uh, it was probably one of the ones that you wrote, uh, but it was talking about how like this was episode like seven and then six is actually coming after like the way they plotted the episodes out. So like in your thing of, you know, like this would have been great for the next episode, but kind of mentioning that they're sort of trying to buck their own trend and kind of get ahead of the fact that they're an it show. Is this kind of a, a thing of like taking the whole like smartest person in the room thing a little too far? Like we know that the conventional wisdom would be, let's put an episode that is going to be a little easier to get into because we're returning after a break, but no, we're not going to do that. That might be the best thing to do, but we're going to just buck that and put this hard to understand thing right from the gate just to prove that we're not, what like the cool kids are saying you know what i mean like is that is that a case is that an example of that kind of gone awry or was is that a good thing that they're kind of trying to do something different i i don't ever want to say justin roiland and dan Harmon fit the mold of hipsters because they don't um if anything they'd be like nihilist comedians but like that's kind of the nihilism that creeps into rick and morty sometimes (laughs) is like i don't think there's a right they're, they're kind of guys that i don't think if you were to meet them as like fans, you could walk up and actually say anything that would turn out to be the right thing. 
Like you could be like, I love you. I worship you. And they'd be like, that's lame. And you'd be like, you're a douchebag. And they'd be like, you're lame. And yeah. like, you, you could say anything. They're in their own bubble of things. Like so many creators. And I think like this is kind of just, uh, yeah, it's in a way it's just them trying to buck the trend and say, you know, this is what is expected. So this is what we're not going to do. And like I said, it's been a running theme this season, right? Like the first episode of season four is about like Morty's death crystal visions and thing. It's about how you kind of, what happens if you live out your life with these kind of pre-written and pre-kind of conceived notions about how things should go and where you should end up and do anything that you lose the spontaneity, you lose the fun and through that. There's a whole episode of, uh, oh my God, I'm like trying to blank. I just had this one, but um, oh, the heist episode, which is a kind of another meta deconstruction of the kind of contrivances of narrative. And when you keep using these narrative devices and, and formulas, how stupid everything gets and just, you know, how meta it can get to the point of just eating itself like an endless black hole. So this is obviously a feeling in their head as they're trying to plot this show forwards. Um, this was just an interesting way that I think confused more people than it actually kind of got the message out to. Yeah. Because even though they're, it, it, it's weird because they're doing everything so heavy and on the, on the nose, they're like, this is a literal story device. Like it's a train, it's a narrative kind of train device that's carrying us forward. And they do all these very on the nose things, but still like, a, it, it's a really confusing episode. And it messes with you because there are these scenes that would be for a lot of people's expectations of a series like this like the, the climactic like payoffs of all this different storylines and they just kind of burn through them as jokes. And so, yeah, I mean, it's weird. We're going to, I really got to see what this next episode this week is going to be. So we'll check back in with uh, Rick and Morty. I'm going to leave you guys some time for wrestling while I sit here and sip my tea. So Connor, take it away. WWE money in the bank. First, I just want to see how excited I am. I've been watching the rise of a, Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux on uh, Instagram for months now. You know, nice, very nice. they had a they had a good debut at NXT. Dude, they, that they, they, fire. They did make quite the impression. Matt, what do you think of the the the, voice, the lip syncing stuff? That was the only thing that kind of lost me. Uh, I thought um, initially when she starts, I thought it was weird, and then like as it kept going and like the red lights hit and like all that stuff. I kind of like stopped caring. and was like, that's eh, kind of cool. Like it, it fit. It ended up fitting with everything else, but it, it did rub me the kind of off way of like, that's weird. Like why, why, why are you doing that? Uh, but once everything else kind of just kept playing out, it was kind of like everything else in it was like, I'm just in. Like I, yeah. I'm in whatever I'm in. My only fear with that is I, I feel like that's not going to be something they, they're going to want to be doing every week. Cause you got to, Oh, you, you don't have time production. You don't production money and time for like for that. You gotta, well, you got to picture, like, you got to do these entrances every week the exact same way. She's probably, I mean, they're probably going to be like, let's tone it down for this so that we can crank it up to 11 for, like, matches that matter. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they've done the same thing with Shinsuke. Uh, they've yeah. done the same. Like, we see, we still see his entrance a lot. Like, we still yeah. see violins. But we don't we see, see, we don't see the guy coming out with it, though. Yeah, exactly. So they'll find ways to, like, uh, you know, and you can actually watch, you can go to gonebook.com and watch the intro. It's awesome. It's worth watching. But yeah, there's a lot of, like, fat in there that you can trim to still get the cool cinematic point across. Like, I love how they stand on stage, like, the way they come out and, like, overlay each other and the smug. It, it was awesome. But yeah, I think they'll trim it because you want it to have 
some oomph when you get to a takeover or pay-per-view, whenever those happen again. But anyway, let's get to Who cares? the NXT point is boring. Exactly. Uh, On AEW, they chase down people with golf carts. You're <laughs> boring, Jim. Gosh. Such a hater. So boring. Such a hater. Yeah, he would hate great wrestling. I don't know. Let, I want to <laughs> like it, but it's boring. No, you don't. You're full of it. You do not want to like it. You've always been this way on NXT. Every time we have a conversation. Their talent is boring. Kofi, we've touched I'm the nerve. Touching, I'm not touching this. <laughs> I don't think it's a nerve. This is just typical Jim. You're yeah. such a, you throw <laughs> such let, a grenade. Anyway, let, Connor, let's, continue. Let's, continue, let's Connor. Let's get to the, the big thing happening this weekend, which is Money in the Bank, WWE, or as I like to call it, the Belco experiment, because we're going to get 12 people <laughs> fighting inside of an office. They're going to fight to the death. And they're going to plus climb. comparison. They're, they're, Kofi, let me, let me say, map wait, this out yeah, for Say you. what now? Say what now? So okay. You get 12 people, six men, six women. They're going to go inside WWE headquarters. At they're the gonna, same time. They're going to fight their way up 10 stories. When they get to the roof, there's a wrestling ring set up, and then they have to take ladders, place them in the middle of said ring, and grab briefcases that are <laughs> hanging precariously above the I ring. did not realize that there was going to be a ring on the roof. Oh, yeah. 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 And they're they already threatening. Small. <laughs> oh they're already God. talking about throwing people off the side of the building, so someone's oh. getting shocked. Oh, the minute this was announced, all I saw on social was, oh, my God, someone's going off that roof. Who's, who is it, who's it going to be? And there's like bets. <laughs> like who's going off the roof? Wow. Uh, yeah, it's going to happen. So this is going to be nuts. My hope is that it's as good as what we saw at Mania with the Boneyard and Firefly Funhouse match. But Matt, we actually talked about this in the preview that just went up about an hour ago. Um, it needs to, like, this needs to go all out. This needs to be insane for it to work. Otherwise, it's going to be like the Gargano Ciampa match and it'll be boring. Like what Jim said. So it hurt me inside when I saw you said that, and it hurt me more that like I that could, match like, was a, not good compared my, to the other. Two, what I was three, what I was that. about to say was it hurt me more that I was going to agree with you, <laughs> Connor, <laughs> uh, Jim. Is that you? So like it hurt me that I was going to agree with you, and the same thing can be said for the Edge. Orton match, which was also a slog. That wasn't really terrible. cinematic. That was just it, it hey, was the same thing over. of moving someone through a space and just having them beat the snot out of each other, which is fine every so often. For this, because it is going to be understandably like a giant chunk of the pay per view, this can't be that. I I don't want to see that for an hour, like forty five hour long. The, so the men's and women's match is happening at at the same time, all at once. Yep. yep. So the two, theory is they're going to be running case, into two each brief other. Cases or one briefcase? Two briefcases, one green, one white. The white one's the women's. So, yeah. Uh, who, so who we got winning this thing? We got 12 people to pick from. Well, why don't you go through who's in it? Well, we've got in the men's, we have Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, Aleister Black, King Corbin, Matt's boy Otis, and my boy AJ Styles. On the women's side, we got Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Carmella. Oh, that's the uh, Jibs girl, if, Carmella. I feel like these are pretty straightforward. I and mean, the women's one may be a slight surprise, but the men's one has to be Aleister Black. I, see, <laughs> I want you to try and picture Aleister running down a ramp with a referee holding a big old neon. No, I'm not going to see it. You're just going to see him pop out of his stupid coffin and be like, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's not gonna look good. No, I it's not. But it, but at the same time, but like, but at the same time, like of all of the other people, he is the one who is is primed for that. When ready for a push, here's the thing we can use to push. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't think anyone else really needs that outside. Like, I can see them putting it, giving it to AJ Styles, uh, which again, it, like I, you know, I hate to see because I think AJ is boring, but. But you again, are going think, after both of us today. But I think, but but like he seems to be the only other thing. Like they're not. I have know. this very shaky feeling that like Corbin's going to end up with it because oh, they've God. been hinting at that whole Daniel Bryan thing of like he's calling him out on it. The last time went terribly. I they have this thing of pushing Corbin for some reason. I don't understand why. So like I have this like sinking feeling he's going to get it. But I agree with you. I feel like Aleister well, Black is the one that the could benefit it, the most it, from it. It, the, the prop itself works best with heels because, hey, sudden title change, <laughs> run away with it. That's yeah. what Seth did. But with, I, no one wants to see Baron. And with Alistair, I just think, look at who the two world champions are right now. Unless you're turning him, he's n- not going to try and jump Drew or Braun. So who does that leave you with? It, my pick is Styles because he's so undersized compared to Braun and Drew, that him trying to cash in on either man is going to be hilarious because they're both just going to stand up and tower over him and be like, what are you trying to do, little guy? I, I would not be surprised. While I don't think it's the most interesting of scenarios to like have AJ run with it because like, you know, that just AJ's already hit a certain status. Like yeah, AJ's this isn't going to do anything thrown off the building. He could be. I can see he, that. He, he's already been killed once this year. <laughs> so. Like that's it. It's just going to be. He's his thing is going to be. He's going to defy death at every. He never year. dies. He never okay. dies. That's really. That true. would be a great gimmick. Is just every month a guy just tries to murder him, and he comes back. Yeah. What? What happened? <laughs> that's interesting. Yes, that I am all for. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I I feel like Black is one of the people that could really use that kind of momentum. Is there any chance Otis escapes the kitchen? <laughs> I love man. I here's the thing. I would have picked Otis hands down for this, but okay. he's, he's doing so well with his story. He doesn't need it. Uh, but like, yeah, I agree. I, you've got to have some kind of kitchen segment. <laughs> you have to have some kind of fridge segment with him. You, if you don't, you're just that's a missed opportunity. Uh, I think the it's, women's is actually more interesting than men's, just because I feel like there's more choices there. We need more choices. It, it's going to be Shayna Baszler. Uh, that's what we is, said last time when she was going to for sure go over Becky, and well, it man, happen. And I agree. I thought that was going to happen. Here's the thing: they kind of gave it away because they said Becky's going to meet whoever wins the briefcase on Monday. That I, that means it's raw. I so. I agree. I think it is the one that I want the most, and it is the one that they obviously should go with uh wwe has this thing i don't know if you've you've noticed they they do a lot of things that just like are head scratchers <laughs> and don't really fit with what people think i feel like giving it to dana brooke is a one thing that they might do if they're gonna give it to anyone they're gonna give it to like carmella she already well, had it i know exactly and like she's she's so good with it that i imagine they it. would they would give it back to her here's the thing on SmackDown, they're building up like a year-long story with Sasha and Bailey. I don't think they're trying to add anybody else into that to try to mess with this. I know. I Look, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I want Baszler to get it. I'm just saying yeah. every time I bet on her <laughs> of like, oh, you're going over or it's I, done, I, it doesn't happen. So I don't know. I'm going to say like conventional wisdom says yes. They need to get the belt off Becky eventually. 
because there's more money in her chasing it than it is just her. And then Marvel movies. Exactly. (laughs) But there, but also too, like there's also, you can still give it to Baszler. Yeah. Still build a Becky Baszler program, have Baszler lose again and then retaliate with the briefcase and then get the title. True. That could be something. Yeah. We have, we had, that's something we've never seen. WWE, call me. We're, we're running out of ideas of how to use this briefcase thing. This is actually the, this is going to be the 24th and 25th briefcases we've ever seen. So Which is need, nuts. We yeah. need new ideas. Uh, did any of these other matches matter to you guys? Like, do, are, you, are you excited? Do you care? No. No. Any blip on the radar? No? Okay. I, uh, I'm, I'm... Well, let's put it through the context. Do you care that this is the only form of sports entertainment? That you will see. Well, this is going up against the last dance, so it's got some stiff competition. Oof. I mean, in that case, I'll, I'll be seeing you on the Jordan, on the Jordan <laughs> front. I'm kind <laughs> of looking forward to the Strowman-Wyatt match, like a little bit. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm more curious. I have more of a curiosity. It's just like what they do with it just because like, it's so weird. But None yeah. of these championship matches outside of maybe the tag team uh, match – feel like they have any stakes. Yes. Who agreed. cares about Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins? Who cares about Braun Strowman and Bray and Bray Wyatt? Like Well, and the fact that it's not, not the, get, the fact that it's not the fiend is where I'm like, okay, this is clearly you lose this one so you can win the next one as spooky clown demon. I just, yeah, I just feel like that's how he should always be described. Spooky clown demon. <laughs> spooky clown demon. I agree with you though. There's not really any stakes. I don't see Braun losing the title. I don't see Drew losing. Like, there's a lot. This is very much a show of like, no titles are going to change hands, maybe. But still, that last Cena match, there's some carryover there of just, I'm curious. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Like, all- like the, the tag matches, I mean, like, the, at least the SmackDown one feels like it has the, the most, you know, and who doesn't like a fatal four way tag match? But like the Raw tag team champions, like, I don't like, just keep it on the street profits. I don't care. Like, the Viking need, Raiders don't need it. We need more Viking like, Raiders carpool karaoke. I hate guys, the Viking Raiders. They're the worst. <laughs> Do you guys feel like WWE is kind of scared of pulling the big gun on too many big things right now without crowds and kind of... They don't, here's that? the problem. They don't have big things right now, period. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah. Like to, 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 for comparison's sake, look at what AEW was about to do before all this stuff happened. They were building up to their big war games match, and then that got scrapped. So then they had to reshuffle things. There really wasn't anything on the horizon for WWE outside of Mania that we were going, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, well, Matt's, that's, uh, Matt's eyes glazed over because I said AEW. No, I, no, that is yes. not true. That is not true. I will, what I will say, though, is like typically this season in WWE is kind of that. It is, it is yeah. typically that very much like rebuilding. We don't have a lot. We're setting the table for a lot of stuff. It's kind of filler. Money in the Bank is typically exciting because of the Money in the Bank matches, not everything else. So like, yeah. it's kind of not surprising that it's a little boring. But um, they're also in a weird spot talent-wise. Yeah. Right? The like... Fact- that you've got that you've got two guys in their first reigns as world champion that they just started last month. You don't want to suddenly have them, either of them drop it. Right? Kind of feels like they've been champions forever. Oh, well, Drew's Drew on every week. So. Drew does it. 
<laughs> Braun does for me. So much bit. shade. So, Braun any final things, predictions? You guys have sold the hell out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really the, the money in the bank match is going to be. <laughs> Don't think you'll stay up for all of Last Dance. Watch Money in the Bank. It's going to yeah. be bat s insane because it's you know, WWE is is trying. They're you know they they can overproduce some of these cinematic things at times, and so there's the the, the worry there that this isn't just like when I don't want this to be like you know remember the 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 WWF commercial where it's like Stone Cold walking through the office and you know or The Rock and they're you know wrestling yeah, is they, happening happening it ends with some guy them. getting tossed out the building right. and Vince goes get it <laughs> yeah right like like I I hope it's not that uh, but. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, it'll be really, it'll be really interesting. I want to see somebody smack someone upside the head with like a keyboard on someone's desk. <laughs> I mean, like, just, that's the kind of stuff I right. want. Throw a person like, off the building. Style, just yeah, throw a person I off the building. Yeah. Yes. Just throw a person off the building, take the headlines, move on. That's what I exactly. Saying. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up today. Uh, Connor, do you have anything else? You good? Uh, check out full coverage this Sunday on WWE's uh, section of comicbook.com. And I'll be back for Double or Nothing here in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, there you go. And we'll have a recap for uh, Money in the Bank next week just to see if anything happens. Um, we'll say something about it. All right. Thank you for uh, joining in this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you're just joining in on the quarantine arc of our show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com. You can subscribe to our RSS feed and get regular updates about new episodes of the show. Or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, iHeartRadio, and you can find video of the show on Facebook and the comicbook.com Facebook page video section or on youtube.com uh, on comicbook.com's YouTube page. And we're back on Alexa devices, so you can tell any Amazon Alexa device to uh, fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and it should uh, throw up an episode for you to listen to. If you want to talk to us about anything we discussed on the show, throw us new topics or just shout us out and say hello to the group you can always find us at the hashtag comic book nation or you can find me at kofi outlaw you can find me at matt aguilar cb at connor casey underscore cb at jim biscardi hey you guys finally got your cadence down look at that <laughs> that'll do it for this episode also we are still i mean we're still in quarantine so we're not back in the office even though our crazy state is opening up we don't know when we'll be back in uh into uh, the comicbook.com offices but this is still your chance to leave a five-star review on iTunes because when we get back, it's going to be, we're going to probably have to do like most of an episode as a t-shirt review reading blowout. Because <laughs> if we read your five-star review on iTunes on the show, we send you a free t-shirt. So get on iTunes, leave this five-star review. Thank you to everybody who's been doing that. And uh, yeah, tell a friend because a lot of people need something to do. And uh, we found a lot of people have been enjoying this. So come and join us here at Comic Book Nation. You can be like a fly on the wall and one of the crew. We love to have you. That'll do it for this episode. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Stay checked in. And uh, yeah, just uh, take care of yourself in general. Peace. See you. Later.